0: Hello, this is Tracy Hickman.
1: And I'm Laura Hickman.
0: And our DNA is actually currently orbiting on the International Space Station.
1: So we are in orbit right now on Sci-Fi Saturday night.
0: Sci-fi Saturday. We will begin a massive invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now. And avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily.
1: It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your maker's duty to
0: tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give your witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. From the Area 51 Stay Recycling Bureau's Clearance Department, it's once again clickbait for the years. Welcome to TalkCast 399, this edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, after more than 15 days without a bleeding rupture of any kind, okay, we can flip the sign to 16 days, I'm your host, the guy once again passing on a flu shot, the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight... Uh, well, actually the only other person behind it besides me is our taciturn technical trouble wrangler, Kriana, who's sitting at the sci-fi Saturday night help desk and gaming pavilion. Are you getting ice cream for everyone? That would be so cool, but no, <laughs> um, it's kind of rare, rare to meet an author, uh, just as they're starting out and in tonight's episode we we kind of do just that um we were at vermont comic-con about a month month and a half ago and bumped into this uh young lady who's just starting out writing and had her first story published in an anthology called rogues and wildfire and she was sitting there kind of all alone at this table and we we just sat and we we talked for a while and it was kind of interesting and I'd like to introduce the vast sci-fi Saturday in audience to author Charlie Brennan. Charlie, welcome. Hi. How you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm a little nervous but excited and um, I mean this is my first interview as an author at all so it's pretty uh Well cool. Impressive.
0: Yeah. So this is your first paid submission to an anthology. Yes. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much.
0: How, how did that feel?
1: <laughs> oh, man. It, you know, I, I think i it's probably kind of typical for anybody who's a writer. Like, I taught myself how to read when I was three years old. My first aspiration was to be a writer. Put off to the side because life you know reality and then to be able to go back to writing and end up actually being chosen to be published is like wait a moment this is a childhood dream come true you know
0: so. but, but by the by the same token it wasn't just kind of a hey one day i was uh, a published author there was there was a, a, a little bit of serendipity involved in a bunch of stuff that got you started writing for real as opposed to writing to enjoy. Mhm. What was that? Do you, do you know?
1: Well, so, um, a few years back, um, I have this thing I do every year. My father passed away when I was three years old and, um, Every year between his birthday and the anniversary of his death, I watched Lord of the Rings because um, he loved Tolkien and he loved New Zealand. He was actually stationed there when he was in the Navy. And so every year I usually do that. But a few years ago, I was just kind of not feeling it. And then for some reason, this story just came out of me like word vomit almost. And I started <laughs> typing, typing and typing and typing. And I ended up writing an entire manuscript. And that's not that's not published at all yet. I, I have so much work that needs to be done if I really want to publish it. But it got me back into that thinking that I can actually write. You know, and I do, it's not just writing academic stuff. I mean, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. I know how to write academically. But being able to utilize my imagination is like just so exciting and so fun and um so so I wrote that and then a couple years later I got an ad on Facebook to that there's this collective of uh this group for women writers I was like yeah I'll I'll join I'll see how that goes and
0: one of them closed groups or it's
1: a closed group uh uh-huh yeah, it's um, it's called Creative Central, and um, it was started by a woman named Debbie Burns, and uh, but she's been a little burnt out by the amount of work she's done in it. So I'm actually part of the um, administrative team on that group now. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, this is something that happened pretty recently, so it's it's pretty exciting and kind of cool to be able to give back to the community that gave me a chance to be published
0: so now when when people talk about you know writers groups mm-hmm. um, a- at least the writers that I know who are in mm-hmm. writers groups it's like five or six people and they get to know each other and they they actually in many cases physically get together like once a month or so and mm-hmm. in that time just kind of Workshop their stuff with each other, but Creative Central has like six hundred people in it. Um,
1: it's I think it's eight hundred eighty-one people,
0: and okay. uh, oh, eight hundred and seventy-three. But yeah. as of right now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I, I yeah I I think that's what I saw earlier today when I was on the site. It's 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 almost nine hundred people. Yeah. And and it's authors from varying um, stages of being published. Some have been published multiple times. Some are self-published. Some haven't been published yet. Some people just write fan fiction. So it's really a a collective of a wide range of writers. And, you know, some people just writing for fun. Some
0: people writing professionally. So what is it that Creative Central does that help you move into a space where you could begin to feel as if you're going to do something professional? That was badly worded question. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I think I get what you mean, though. Um, so, I, initially, when I joined, I wasn't participating a whole lot. Um I, I was reading a lot of what people posted about, you know, their, their accomplishments that they've done. Uh, one of the things we do is we encourage people to share their accomplishments, um, share their uh, roadblocks. So if there's something that they're having a hard time, uh, they could bounce it off other members of the group and um, get some encouragement or some advice about um, tools they could use, like um, different kinds of writing computer programs or, um, just dealing with, um, day-to-day life while trying to write at the same time. So, um, you know, I kind of started just being, you know, talking with people and being supportive there. And then, um, let's see, probably around, uh, August of, Last year, uh, one of the things the former, the woman who formerly ran the group, Debbie, did is she would do these online classes, and I didn't participate in any of them, but one of the things that came out of that was this challenge um, to write a short story with a character who made us think in a way of Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, who looked foul, but feels fair so um it became this it went from being an idea to this challenge for the group that if they wanted to participate they could write a short story uh, about a dirty ranger essentially and um and it was added on that it was going to be a romance and so i was like you know what i'm just going to do it I'm just going to take this as an opportunity to practice writing a short story.
0: Well, plus there was was that kind of built-in connection there for you as well.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So so it was kind of, I have some idea where I can go with this.
1: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, um, I watch Lord of the Rings as kind of a yearly thing. I love the story. I love Tolkien's writing. And so it was like, that was kind of the thing that pulled me into wanting to write this story is thinking about um, the character of Aragorn and thinking about character development in general. Um, I It just seemed like a good opportunity. So it's like, you know, I'm just going to go for it. And the intention was actually initially not even to publish, just to have a challenge for people to practice writing. And then... Um, somebody, I can't remember who said, but somebody said, you know, when we're done, maybe we should put together the best ones in an anthology and publish it. And Debbie was like, yeah, maybe. Okay. And then, um, but she wasn't really thinking too seriously about it. And then a few members were like, you know, we should do this. We should really do this. So um, that's how it turned into an anthology. It just went from being a writing practice to something that actually ended up being public
0: now with 870 odd members in in this uh in this literary group Mm -hmm. how many how many stories actually came out of this exercise i think there were were maybe 30 wow everybody
1: participated it was it was definitely very voluntary um so it's not like there was a huge amount of competition it was you know we chose eight out of 30. So, I mean, about a third of the people
0: got their stories published. And let's talk a little bit about your story in this, a story called Captured. Because mm-hmm. the story is, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Um it's a slightly alternate universe
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that has its roots in a Japanese culture that permeates across the globe so that, although the story starts out in San Francisco, there's a Japanese feel throughout the story, even mm-hmm. as it moves to uh, the island of, uh, uh, islands of Japan. Yeah. Where, where did that come from?
1: Um, so, I'm sorry, I just heard something on my roof in my house, and I have uh, mice, so <laughs> that was a little distracting. Um, <laughs> sorry.
0: Well, you could be having friends <laughs> shortly, we don't know.
1: I have been killing mice on a daily basis, I feel so horrible about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yes, so the um, the story is about a paranormal organization, or an organization that hunts down
0: paranormal the ISPIE International Society of Paranormal Investigation and Exploration so in this
1: particular story the paranormal phenomenon they're investigating is particularly these Japanese demons right and and i lost. I just lost track of what I was
0: thinking right there. No, I was asking um, where that came from. Where you, where you got that? That yeah. that whole Japanese um, segment. Did that come from somewhere? Because you know the story gets yes, yes. quite specific. Yes, about a lot of um, stuff. I I grew up in San
1: Francisco, which is an incredibly diverse place, and I was raised Buddhist and most of my upbringing was around people who are japanese i even actually have on my birth certificate a japanese first name as well as my my um western first name so japanese culture has been a very very relevant part of my life um it's just it's it, it i can't completely separate it out so it's it influences me quite a bit um But I also just, I love the concept of fairy tales and folklore. And so I was thinking in terms of um, with this international paranormal society, I really wanted to make it international. I really wanted to take an opportunity to explore um, more than just the typical Western stuff that we might see. Um, like werewolves and um, vampires and stuff, ghosts, stuff like that. I want to
0: talk- ghosts in, in in old hospitals and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah you, you took a you took a really nice left hand turn with it. I've got to tell you, mm-hmm. uh, and and the thing that I loved uh, is is that uh, the yokai demons uh, mm-hmm. are are real. I mean, within, the fo- within Japanese folklore. And you, were, you got real specific in, in tying everything together really, really, really nicely. So that, you know, if somebody goes, oh, no, no, she's making this part up. And then you go look it up and you go, uh, no, she's not. That's steeped in Japanese folklore. So, I mean, from that, from that point of view, um, as a reader, mm-hmm. I found that to be a lot of fun.
1: It was really important to me to make sure that I was using the terminology correctly and I was talking, speaking correctly about what those different demons are. You know, what is a Tengu? What is, you know, all the, what are all these creatures? Yeah, I I really wanted to make sure I was getting it right. I didn't want to just go in half-assed and just make up random stuff.
0: And, and believe me, there are enough who will do that. So as, as, as a reader, I really appreciated the fact that you didn't. So my next question becomes, and I'm taking the left turn because we didn't talk about this part at all. Uh, <laughs> um, the International Society for Paral- Paranormal Investigation and Exploration, uh, is this a, a, a kind of benchmark for you is—is is this the offshooting to a series of longer stories, or perhaps even novels that that are going to uh, uh, involve Tegan and Noel and Haruka?
1: I do have the beginning of a novel that sets up the beginning of the organization. Nice. So I—I I, it's not something i am presently working on right now but i have the setup in there
0: but as you know writers work on seven or eight things at the same time
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so true in my case
0: (laughs) there's like little notebooks with scribbles all over the place
1: and each one of them is
0: another short story or book i'm sorry and each one of those is another short story or book eventually hopefully
1: yeah yeah like right now I'm working on a gender swapped little mermaid that takes place in the modern era I just finished a short uh, Halloween story that I'm going to post on my Facebook for free for people to read um, I will be go I- last year for Nanorimo I started a-, a novel that I I was just so busy with work I couldn't complete it so I'm just gonna Go back in and restart that. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on.
0: So, how do you focus on writing when you when you go? Hey, it's writing time. Do you have a specific time every day? Do you have a specific ritual you go through? Is there a special place you're at? What what is your hey? It's time to write ritual.
1: Um, usually I'm more of a seat of the pants writer, but through Creative Central, we're doing this thing called battle sprints, where we set scheduled times, where we do, um, uh, 20 minutes of writing, a 10 minute break, another 20 minutes of writing, a 10 minute break, and then another 20 minutes of writing. So that's kind of helped me to get into more of a habit of writing because there's some Accountability, because there are other people who are doing it with me, and um, we might share little snippets of what we write, or um, you know, talk about our concerns. But we we actually have those scheduled, and I'm supposed to be hosting one tonight. But because we're doing this, uh, somebody oh, else. You,
0: you can blame us for this
1: one. You, you, <laughs> oh, they are excited. They're like, oh, go do the go do the podcast.
0: You know, you we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> So, you grew up in San Francisco, yes, and then you moved out to vermont new yeah. hampshire vermont
1: vermont
0: yeah that that's an interesting duck out of water time Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know um it's it's i've I've kind of had one of those lives where I had an idea of what I wanted my life to be, and then it just did whatever the heck it wanted to. <laughs>
0: That's kind of what happens, you know. Life's yeah, what happens yeah, while you're busy planning what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, um, gosh, I have lived in so many different places. It's really quite crazy, um, both within the United States, and I actually lived in Holland for four months. Nice. Before. Yeah, it was for a uh, college internship, so it wasn't actually a study abroad. It was actually I was working there, and um, that was quite an experience. And um,
0: so, how do you think? How do you think all that constant uh, moving around affects how you write and the way you write? I
1: think it's really helped me to learn a lot about myself, and. The more the better I know myself, the easier it is for me to access different parts of human nature and find ways to use it creatively in my writing. Um, I'm
0: not sure that might be a little existential there. <laughs> We're good with that. I I can go existential on you if yeah, you'd like. Yeah. I'd rather stay grounded, but we can we can go fly if that's where you want to go with it.
1: I, I guess for me, like I grew up in San Francisco. Up until the age of 18, um, when I was in high school, getting ready to go to college, I really wanted to take a year off. And my college advisor was like, no, just go to college. And um, They get paid I, for
0: saying I, that, you realize.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. So I went to college in L.A. for the semester. And it's just I, I put the effort in, but it really wasn't what I wanted. And I think it was at that point I started to learn that my life could be what I wanted it to be. So I left that college, worked for a year and a half. It helped me gain a great deal of um, focus for myself. And then I went to a different college. I went to Antioch College in Ohio. Oh yeah, okay. Every other semester you do a co-op semester where you have to do an internship. And so I got to go to Holland. I, uh, the Netherlands I got to go to um, Texas I did one of my internships there at the school as um, a research assistant so technically my name is on something published that right. happened for this book but it's, it was research it's, it wasn't anything as exciting to me as actually creative writing um, and uh, you know, I think it's just moving around and You learn a lot about yourself when you are taken out of your element. And I think that's kind of become how I like to look at my characters. I like to take them out of their element and have them figure out who they are
0: because they're not in a situation they're comfortable with. In this story, for example, uh, Tegan Quinn moves out of her element very quickly. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, plus the relationship she has with Noel, uh, is, is an interesting and odd relationship in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the whole odd relationships, people being slightly out of, out of their own element, uh, is, is something that, uh. Well, like I said, this isn't really an alternate universe story. It's a slightly alternate universe story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just enough to make the reader feel jarred out of their element just enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Because there's enough comfort there in the, the safety of, of what you know that when something stumbles into the story that is really odd, it just kind of gets, it's not as jarring as it would normally be because you've grown comfortable with the surroundings as you read it. Right. So when, when this story was about to be published, we have to talk about the fact that this was published in a, uh, in an anthology called rogues and wildfire, uh, which is listed as a smoldering romance anthology. Yes. Yes. Um, And, and the cover is romantically smoldering in its own way.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I struggle as a reader to think of this in terms of it being a smoldering romance. Yeah. I mean, there, there are elements of romance there, and elements of of sensuality in the book i mean Mm -hmm. in the story but uh it ain't hunky guys it ain't fabio
1: (laughs) no it's not and it's it's i think part of the thing is with the marketing of the book um when that was being considered um they were thinking more of it in terms of in the group we were talking more about it being a romance are the challenge being a romance challenge and um, not emphasizing the fact that these stories, all the stories are very much fantasy and science fiction. You know, you've got time travel, you've got um, some more traditional fantasy, you've got post-apocalyptic, whatever. Um, So it's more urban fantasy or speculative fiction than um, romance.
0: I mean, there, there are other stories That if you work at it, you can put them under the heading of Smoldering Romance Anthology.
1: Yeah, a few of them Uh. are. (laughs) I know mine isn't as much, and part of it was just my own, um, I think I was battling myself over trying to include romance in a way where it wasn't just Okay, these characters are going to be instantly attracted to each other and they're going to go have sex now. Like, to me, that doesn't appeal. Like, if there's going to be romance, I want it to make sense. I want the characters to be facing who they are and why they might be drawn to the person who they're attracted to. That's not just, you know, romance isn't always as cut-and-dry fairy tale perfect romance and relationships take work so i wanted i really wanted tegan to have to work on herself in order to accept that she could maybe find romance
0: you've 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 created the universe for her that's going to allow that to happen eventually i think yeah uh and and that's kind of what makes it work i from my standpoint, is that um, what the anthology attempted to do was pigeonhole a bunch of stories where they don't necessarily fit perfectly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that in some ways that's part of the nature, too, of the number of submissions we had and trying to put them together
0: in one package. Right. Right so. so I mean it's I wouldn't say it's false advertising. I would say that it's it's odd promotion <laughs> it, 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 i I would say it's
1: limited advertising I, I think that the the people who are behind the packaging were thinking in terms of female readership of a certain age and um maybe we weren't thinking a little further than that, but there maybe we could market it a little bit in a more broad way. So, um, yeah. And there were discussions about the, the cover. Um, there still are discussions about the cover. (laughs) I actually, um, one of the women involved, I, we were talking about book covers for the next anthology, um, that balance of seven is putting out that I'm not in, but I'm helping them, um, which is pretty much some winter themed fairy tales. And um, so we were talking about covers and I was uh, taking pictures and showing her things because I did work at an independent bookstore at one point. And um, so I was kind of able to give some insight from what sells in terms of covers as compared to maybe what ended up on our cover, <laughs> so um, yeah.
0: <laughs> what is the the uh, the intersection between Creative Central and this company, Balance of Seven?
1: So, um, the one of the authors in the anthology, Dorothy Tinker, um, started Balance of Seven just as her own private little, um, publishing, uh, company, I guess, just to get her own writing out as a self-published author. And, um, it kind of ended up happening is it's, I may not get the story completely correct, but essentially Dorothy and Inez, who's one of the other authors in the anthology were like, you know, let's, Let's get this together. Let's use Balance of Seven and expand it, and get other people published through this. And um, so it just uh, <laughs> that's it just kind of grew out of convenience in some way. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I noticed on on Balance of Seven's website, they have uh, alliance anthologies. A series called Piece of Yvonne, and then. Uh, uh, I don't see a piece of violence in your contacts. Should I look for. <laughs> hey, hey, Thanks,
1: Modern technology.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I really appreciate you answering a question I hadn't asked. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I must have said something that woke it. I'm not sure what it might have been. But there is also uh, listed as the balance of seven anthology rogues and wildfire, which I think is uh, nice having that kind of a uh, publishing arm to work along with you guys. Mm-hmm. So what, what's next for Charlie? Mm.
1: Well, we just had, um, we just finished our um, next submissions for next year's anthology Um, The theme for that one is we had to write, it's called Dragons Within, and our theme was we had to write a female character as our lead character who had some quality of a dragon. And we specifically said it does not need to be a romance, and in fact, we kind of discouraged it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I I wrote uh, a story for that. Um, that I'm going to be turning in for submission soon. And uh, I'm really excited about that story because usually when I write, I try not to involve too much of my personal story in it. I might borrow some personality traits from myself or people that I know, but I try not to be too literal. But I got a little more literal in terms of some of my life experiences in this story. Um, so that was really a little scary, but exciting. And I, I think in some ways it's
0: a much better story than, um, captured. (laughs) So, but how much scarier could it be than, than sitting at a table at a, at a comic con and watching people walk by while you have your book sitting there going, hi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was that, that first time is, is interesting, isn't it? Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I, I had my mom along to kind of help me a little bit. So, um, that, that, that helped. uh, you know, I have to admit, I'm very much an introvert. I think a lot of writers probably are. So a lot of times we just want to write our stories and have it published to not have to do too much, but you know, there's the business side of writing and we have to be able to do that too. We have to sell our own writing in order to move forward. So, it's important to do things like go to comic-con or, you know, like I have a Facebook author page and, you know, I try to participate on that on a regular basis and be really active in responding to people there. And, um, you know, it is, it's writing is one of those things where you're, you're, it's easy to think in terms of being personal when you're writing it, but then you realize, oh my gosh somebody's going to be reading this so you have to be ready for somebody <laughs> to read it so yeah
0: <laughs> we're talking with author Charlie Brennan who I've got to tell you is off to a good start her story captured is in the latest <laughs> anthology the road to an outfire, a smoldering romance and but hey we'll see what happens I you just your this Mr. Kittles.
1: Thank
0: I'm Now, A big hello and how go? For and next week, he talks about bringing in the book, type to a short film on the lunch of the joke. This is, the Here, is way. a very, very, I know.